All right, episode 64 of the Just Jiu-Jitsu podcast. I am your host, Andrew Desimone, here with... Croiler Gracie. Croiler the Animal Gracie is what they called you in high school, you said, right? No, I did not say that, no. I thought you said that you always had a t-shirt that said animal on it, and you'd run through the halls and go, ow, 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 and they'd be like, it's the animal. I, I don't know. I don't recall this at all. Oh, I thought, yeah, you'd, you'd run through the halls and knock books out of people's hands and go, nerds! I, I also don't recall that at all. <laughs> well, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting that from someone else then, I guess. Okay, well. I, I don't know who. Not this guy. Well, it's, it's another week. Another week of no jujitsu because of corona. And we're all just sitting here trying to remember what jujitsu was and try to think of ways to maybe do jujitsu. I, I was trying to brainstorm and see if there are any like ways to safely practice jujitsu. I was, I was thinking we had talked in a previous podcast about jujitsu underwater. Yeah. I, okay. What cool. about this? So you can spread this Corona through like some skin to skin contact through breathing on each other through coughing. So you have to cut off the skin to skin contact and the ability to breathe on someone. So if you go underwater, if you put a wet suit on, you put a complete scuba diving suit on and then you, I thought about, okay, you breathe underwater with the snork, with, uh, with the, with the scuba gear, but that would get in the way. So you're going to have to do it in like 30 second intervals. It'll change how we do jujitsu, but you go underwater you roll and then you run out of air and you both come up, but you have to, you have to like swim away from each other and face away, come up, take a breath. <sighs> then you go back under and you roll. So it's 30 seconds a piece. What do you think? Or it could be, or it could be one of those things that the, the first press person up loses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or the last person. That's the person who really loses. <laughs> <laughs> It, I, I, maybe we could try this out. I'll get a uh, I'll get a wetsuit. You get one. We'll meet it. There's a there's a river right by my. There's a lake at your house. Uh, there's a lake at my house. Yeah. So we'll try yeah, we that. You got to find a way. Should we involve? Yeah, I mean, we'd have to kind of involve the water and keeping people under it to get a submission. If they can't, if they have to go up within that thirty seconds, that counts as a submission. They're done. They lose. Yeah. How are you holding your breath? Just holding my breath. There's no secret technique to it. No, I'm saying, it's ass. I'm saying, I'm saying, can you hold your breath for a while? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I have a pretty good lung capacity. We should do it right now. It'd be great podcast material. Yeah, it should be like silent and yeah, silence for like two minutes. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Another thing I was thinking is since this new world that we're going to go into, we'll probably we'll have no close contact. So jujitsu may fall by the wayside as a legitimate form of martial arts because we're no longer touching each other and being close, which means we should start working on ranged attacks. Or we listen to my cousin's quote, Hal Gracie. You know, he said something years and years ago. He said, you know, the reason we practice jujitsu is because someday somebody's going to try to take your shit and you're going to have to choke a motherfucker out, you know? So it's not that voluntarily we would touch each other but it may happen it may happen but i think we'd be better off because people will even be some people will be so afraid they'll go oh i was gonna go pickpocket this person but i don't want to get close i don't want to maybe catch a deadly disease so i'm gonna 
throw a rock at this person, or that's the rudimentary rudimentary way of doing it. If you're really ahead of the curb, like I am starting to be, you're going to practice your range attacks, like like your axe throwing, like your uh, ninja stars, your uh, rubber band, gun, gun. Gun's kind of it. <laughs> gun is is one way, but that's so easy. That's. Yeah. We want to There's no finesse. There's no finesse in it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, I want something what, what, that's a, Or hear me out. What about like a whip? Like an Indiana Jones. Ooh, whip? okay. <laughs> I don't know why when you said that. <laughs> I imagined you said like, what about a whip? And I imagine like some kinky like whip. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why you're thinking that. That one you, comes you, up and you're like, hey stop it and you just like, whoosh, are, you, like are you oh <laughs> are you getting your uh are you getting your uh you know uh recipes from Pornhub again <laughs> I, I never stopped yeah i never oh, stopped oh, all right. that, that explains it and i've learned a lot about whip using whips from that so i'm, so, I'm sure <laughs> yeah, they, they, they don't have as many indiana jones style whips but they have a lot of other style of whips yeah i, I can imagine so yeah let's just think about Jiu-jitsu is great and all, and all, but we may have to adjust what this podcast is about with the times. And so this may, a year from now, be the just axe throwing and Molotov cocktail making podcast. I'd be down for that. You think you can make a good Molotov cocktail? I think I could. What did, like, all I know about them are what I see on TV and video games. And so in my head, I go, oh, cool. I just grab a bottle of whiskey i take the tap off i pour a little out i put a rag in there i light it on fire and then i throw it pretty much there's not much to it okay well you can't you, you gotta have enough oxygen in the bottle for it to combust but other than that see this is what the podcast would be i kind of like that i have some <laughs> stuff here about jujitsu but i might just all delete this i just delete all of this and then We'll talk about we'll go right it. into Yeah. I mean, if I get sure. flagged by the NSA or FBI. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get to some business. You've you've tried to you've, you've joked around for long enough, Perler, but we, we gotta get back on track. Thanks. <laughs> this is like the last few we've done, we're just taking random questions from people. And this first one we have is it says when standing People grab my collar and wrists, making it hard to detach and set up a takedown. How do I create distance best? Say that again. It says when standing, so mm -hmm. when standing, people grab my collar and wrists, making it hard to detach and set up a takedown. So I'm thinking like a wrestling takedown, stuff like oh, that. How do I create di distance? This is kind of, this reminds me of when I started and I was used to like a wrestling style takedown, but not a gi jacket. And, it, it just got in the way of me trying to go for shots because people kept pulling my sleeves and my collar around. Right. I think, um, I think there's several things that we can do to fix that. I mean, primarily it comes down to grip fighting, you know, uh, making sure that you get the grips that you need for the takedown before the opponent gets the grips that they need in order to, either stifle your takedowns or set their own takedowns. Uh, I think the other other thing that can be addressed is maybe we need to develop more of a judo-style throwing game. You don't have to like judo, but it does come into play when the ability to freely move for like a wrestling-based takedown is not, you know, available. Uh, 
it would be nice to be able to do some throws, you know, because judo, a lot of judo is grip fighting, but there's plenty of throws in judo that can be done regardless of your opponent's grips, and that's where it would shine the most, I think. I'm just going to piggyback on that one with another person's email that was very similar. This is from Ben, and Ben said, I'm 6'3", and shooting for takedowns like double legs, single legs, and other (laughs) wrestling-style takedowns are tough for me. And he, this is, he has a few different parts of this one. So he says, should I stick to throws or keep trying wrestling style takedowns? Well, Ben, I too am 6'3". I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I get it. Um, I, I, think, I think it depends on timeline, right? I mean, I, I don't know what belt Ben is and, and what kind of timeline he's looking at. If, if you're looking to compete in the next six months or so, I would say skip the wrestling takedowns, focus on on throws, like judo-style throws, because they will serve you better. They'll be more suited for his body, especially being long and lanky. Um, but if we're looking long-term and there isn't a rush to master any one thing, I would do the following, and like in this order of events, I would do great wrestling, takedown defense, like learn to do a proper sprawl, learn to fight for grips, learn to fight for head placement, and then focus on um, learning some judo throws, some that are going to be more suited to a bigger, longer guy, like foot sweeps and and, um, hip tosses, you know, things like Harai Goshis to like uh, Gucci and things like that. and then once you have a solid number of techniques there, let's say five or six throws that you know you can pull off judo style throws, I would then shift the focus to the wrestling aspect because it is important to have wrestling um, takedowns in your arsenal. I think, um, one, they're more powerful. Uh, they're more aggressive. They don't need contact in order to work. And you can usually get caught people by surprise especially in a situation where they're not expecting a big guy to drop like that so kind of you know work backwards address the issue you're going to be a big tall guy it's going to be easy for people to get to your legs and hips so learn to sprawl and defend that learn to use those legs and hips to your benefit you know with good grip so you can stop people from shooting on you let's say judo cell throws and then learn to use your length to your benefit in wrestling which will take a little bit more work than in judo to help him you say learn to sprawl uh keep your legs away from people it does seem like that'd be really tough when everyone you're going against is or a lot of people you go against may be like eye level with your your nipples and so they're they're pretty close (laughs) to to your waist so right do do you as a tall person have to kind of like like get in a really like a conservative style or safe wrestling stands where you're like crouched down really far. I mean, I, if, if you're, if you, if your wrestling ability is good, right. Then I would say, yeah, go, go crouch low and, you know, play, you know, play a war of attrition so you can get who, but like, like you have wrestling and I, and I have some wrestling, but you're ultimately closer to my legs than I am to yours. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, I could crouch down, but at the end of the day, for me to crouch down low enough to be level with you would burn me out faster than than otherwise. So I would look for things that are easier um, that achieve the same thing. So I would look for, if it's in the gi, I would look for collar grips, sleeve grips. If it's in no gi, I would, I would look for head ties or, or two-on-ones. And then from there, 
I know that I could slow your takedowns enough to then be able to sprawl and do things like that. And then with the same grips, I would also be able to set up my takedowns that I want to do. And then push comes to shove, you know, I would then burn the extra energy as needed to get level with you and then go wrestling for wrestling in that situation. And even if he went the route of judo style throws, there's still an element of you have to get lower than your opponent right, to some right. extent, right? Yeah, absolutely. Unless you're doing like foot sweeps and, and that, those are like, it's kind of one of the few exceptions to that rule where you don't necessarily have to get lower than them, mm-hmm. but beneficial to do so, but they're not required. Okay. Now what's your, what is the takedown journey of Croiler been like from like early on in jujitsu to where you are now? What have you, have you drifted away from some things and kind of favored other areas? Absolutely. You know, when, when I was younger, I used to do a lot of, at first I used to try to do a lot of double legs and single legs. I was not very good at them. Um, so when I became a teenager, 12, 13, 14, I put a, you know, I, I finished that. I said, no more. Every time I shoot the stick down, I get sprawled on. It's not fun. Why do you think so, you liked those at first? I didn't say, no, not necessarily that I didn't like them at first. Those were the ones that I was pushed to do mm-hmm. because of their effectivity, you know, but I, I either didn't learn right, wasn't taught right, or, or was just sloppy in performance. Um, so I, I, I kind of, wasn't very successful with them. So then I started switching to um, body ties and body folds. Um, What's the difference the between first. a body tie and a body fold? So like a, a body fold, you're necessarily like, you're, you're usually folding the opponent backwards. Like in a tie, I made, you know, essentially body hug you or like bear hug you or something along those lines and then throw myself along with you, you know, okay. um, like a suplex kind of style thing, you know, not that I would suplex people, but I'm just saying there's plenty of throws where you can tie up upper bodies and go and then and, and fall, you know, so yeah. the, the, a little bit of that for a while, didn't like that too much. It took a lot of work, especially with the guys that are much bigger than me. So um, I then, then started switching into like a lot of judo style throws, like lots of foot sweeps, lots of goshis, and um, lots of sumigayashis uh, before they became outlawed. They, they got outlawed like, I think in 2005, um, but I was doing a lot of like harais. Why were those outlawed? Um, because there is a risk of people getting spiked on their head, um, which can happen, but it can happen with any takedown. You know what I mean? Like it, there's a difference between me purposefully shoving your head onto the mat and being an accident. I think at a, at a, at a, at a black belt level, there should be, a little bit more leeway with that, but but they don't do that. So, like I said, lots of foot sweeps, lots of haragoshis, uh, uh, uchimatas, and then into like sumigayashis where my fall back to. Um, and then from there, uh, that's when like I met like how and stuff and start focusing on like double legs and single legs and kind of getting better at that and getting better instruction, you know. I would have loved to have been there for that, uh, for that first, those first couple lessons where how for people listening is the black belt at our school. He's uh, kind of like a no nonsense kind of guy. He'll, he'll be very blunt with you and very honest. And right. so I imagine him, him seeing, like you said, you weren't, you, you weren't great with those, like seeing you do a couple or be like, Hey, let, let me see your double leg and single leg. And as soon as you do those, then just going, well, that's one way to do it. 
like right. or like that would be a kind way of him responding to right him. i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like we had classes and classes on this stuff it was more you know anytime i was prepping for a tournament you know he'd be around he'd give me tips you know like hey do it this way instead of this way you know and um but yeah he is he is pretty much blunt and straightforward and he tells you like it is and you know it's like when he first invited me to work out with him you know and he pumped out a bunch of butterfly presses and then he said go ahead and do the same and i couldn't even pick up the dumbbells and then he said you gotta be fucking shitting me you're like a girl scout and i was like thanks <laughs> and uh well growing was, up did, did you guys have any like weights at, like when you were growing up in brazil did you guys do not, anything not, like that not really no it was mostly training mm-hmm. so yeah i mean huge influence from him but then you know got my wrestling you know good enough i was by no means like an incredible wrestler but good enough to hold my own against your average person so that reminds me i just had a dream man it's maybe been one or two weeks ago about you and we were at some school and there was just some enormous fucking dude and you guys, you guys, he's like, hey, I want to roll hard. And you're like, okay. And you guys just went batshit crazy. And it was like two big gorillas running into each other. Like you, you guys would like stand <laughs> up and, just, ah, and you just hear like just a weight. Like I almost said a ton of weight. That was mean. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> There's just all this like force. And then you guys would go down and you'd like scramble and it was, it was crazy. I remember watching it in my dream and thinking, this is, this is, I'm a little concerned. I feel like someone is either going to get hurt or whoever's facility this is, is going to lose their deposit as soon as these guys go through the wall. And (laughs) I hope there's not like a nursery or a China shop on either wall because there will be some deaths or some broken glass if that's the case. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while since I've gone that hard with anybody. Yeah, you won. I just want you to know that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that drink Croiler won. Yeah, but then the person pulled the mask off, and it was a three-year-old kid. And we're like, oh, never mind. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll take the win. Now the little three-year-old can suck it. Yeah, but then you pulled your mask off, and you were Hitler. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know if there's some type of like like symbolism there, but... I, I don't... I, maybe. I, I mean, I would, I, I, would, I would ask the rest of the students in the, the school to see what they think. They were all Smurfs uh, in this dream. I don't know why. They, they <laughs> Everyone in the class was a Smurf. Wow. It, the, the instructor was Lady Gaga, but she had a really <laughs> thick Russian accent for some reason. And, and who were you in this dream? Were you like Mrs. Smurf or... No, no. I was me, but I had who the body you? of a Care Bear. Oh, wow. You need to like, whatever it is that you're doing before bed, you should probably not be doing that. <laughs> lots and lots of hallucinogenics. Yeah. Yep. I don't want to say it out loud, but okay. Well, my doctor recommended <laughs> that. So. Oh, well, there, there you go. Yeah. All right. Um, so the next part of, of uh, Ben's question is also, I want to practice neon belly, but I'm far larger than everyone at my gym. What should I do if I don't want to be charged with manslaughter? You just do the belly, and if they die, they die. Uh, <laughs> is that a I mean, legal defense? As as far as I'm concerned, it is. Uh, I mean, that's it's it's a legitimate question to some point. I know some people are way too nice. Where they, I'll have people who are my size or smaller on me. Who go, I don't want to hurt you. And I'm like, okay, well, so you're not. 
so it's multi-layered, right? I mean, if we're looking specifically at neon belly, right? So neon belly, it comes down to, can I deliver so much pressure to hurt someone, right? And, and the answer is 100%. But what people don't consider is how is pressure being applied, right? Pressure is force applied on surface area with a, with a direction, right? So you have a direction, you have directional directional force and surface area. Somebody bigger, so let's say like like my knee versus your knee, like the surface area that my knee has is going to be larger than the surface area of your knee, right? So I have to exert a higher amount of force onto that surface area than you do to come up with the same amount of pressure delivered, right? So even though you're smaller, proportionally, we could hit roughly the same PSI. Of course, don't get me wrong, there is going to be a point where the size just takes over. You know what I mean? Like it's just too much size, too much weight onto that knee. And it takes way more skill for for someone my size to utilize that skinny knee to absolutely. apply that pressure. Absolutely, right, right, absolutely. That's fair. But I'm saying all things all things equal, right? Technique level and all that. Uh, unless there is a gigantic size disparity, this the small person can deliver as much pressure as a larger person. I mean, you know, you you know, like I'm I'm bigger than Claude, but I'm sure can, Claude can put as much pressure on you as I can. You see what I'm saying, like. I'll take your word um, for it. I'm not going to see who can do more pressure there, but I mean, uh, we can, we can, we can ask, we should do some, but that's, that's, that's later. I think, I think both either way that the result of that would be, I would then my, my belly button imprint would be on the, on my back. You'd see it poking through. Yeah. It'd be, it's a new look anyways. Um, so, you know, as far as, as, so, so that's the first thing with the belly, right? while a big guy can normally do more pressure, it doesn't mean that the smaller person can't either. The second thing is anybody applying the belly A, correctly, and B, to full power, will break somebody's rib, anybody else's rib, okay? Like, we're all made of the same stuff. So if you put your neon belly on me and it's perfect and you go full bore on it, my rib will break, no questions asked. So before we go past that, the question is, is A, are you doing a technique right? And B, if you are, is there really a need to go 100% on that technique? Usually, that's a solid no. Um, the, the next layer to this is when you practice technique incorrectly because you're afraid to hurt someone, you either hurt them or you you practice technique sloppy and that's all you have at the end of the day is a sloppy technique. It's not worth the, the, the work you're putting into it. You know, Mm. um, if you avoid doing a technique at all, because you don't want to do it sloppy, but you also want to hurt people, then you, you hinder your growth. So there's that. So it's tough. It's a tough question, especially being a bigger guy. Like it's really tough to like tell you what to do. What I would do is focus on technical approach, get the techniques down perfect, and then execute the technique as with as little physicality as possible, but with the highest degree of, te- of, of technical ability as possible. Um, you know, and of course, you know, gauge your partner. If you're six, like like I'm six three, you know, like I'm two forty five, two fifty, like I can I can put. 
far more weight on a guy like Claude, who's 180, 185 pounds, than I can on somebody like like George. Lily. Like, like if you're helping like, out with the kids' class, right? You know, I mean, like just, just, just be be mature enough. And, and remember, at the end of the day, like accidentally hurting people comes down to three things: either recklessness, like you don't care; it comes down to poor technique or poor communication right either you didn't communicate with your partner like you didn't listen to them tap you weren't watching how much damage you're doing um, or you didn't care about their well-being or you just did a technique wrong you know so I, I think I think as a big guy you should and can practice knee and belly I think you just have to make sure that it's technical and not forced if you wanted to put more pressure than he usually does would you recommend using if they have like the dummies at the school dummies work um punching bags are probably best but dummies work just as good as well um the the thing with with a punching bag is you you're gonna want want to get one with like either cloth or if it's a sand filled uh punching bag you're gonna want one that's not completely packed so there's a little bit of a give um because when you apply it to a human, there's always give. And if you aren't used to that give, it can throw you off when you actually do it live. Mm, that's good advice. Uh, then the last part of his question is, he says, I enjoy when you recommend different fight or competition videos. Do you have another one that you'd recommend? I have a bunch. Shit. Um, another one that's really good is, I, I think we've talked about... Um, so, so one that comes to mind because I I just wrote a um a article for the grappling dads. Really, is, was hoping you were going to say a song, but go ahead. Oh no, one that comes to mind is um, pretty much any of um actually not any. I'll be very specific to when you look at Paolo Miao versus uh, Nikki Ryan. That match is very very important. Um, I think it's a very fun one to watch. One, because these guys are both very, very good. Paolo Miao being one of the, the best guys in his weight class, probably in, in the decade, easily in the decade. Um, in the gi, and, and, and equally skilled in no gi, which is rare these days. You don't see as much of that anymore. And in that, you also see the youngest ADCC competitor, ever I think or, or close to the youngest and uh, in Nikki Ryan and Nikki Ryan I think is a purple belt um, at the time I think he might still be a purple I don't know if he's a brown belt or not yet but um, Nikki obviously uh, a savage you know training with Donaher and those guys um, the interesting thing about this match is Nikki Ryan is a black belt level grappler in certain areas of grappling, like leg locks and back attacks. And his close guard is very, very good. It was very, very fun close guard matches with Nicky Ryan that I've seen, that I've watched. So he's got three areas where he excels at. And then, you know, he may even out excel, out perform. Um, uh, oh God, what's his name? Um, the meow, uh, Paulo meow. I think it was Paulo. Um, Meow in, in ADCC where while Meow has this incredible guard, I think it's damn near impossible passing Meow's guard. He really isn't good at attacking like Lux. He's good at defending them. You know, um, he's very good at attacking from the back, but not necessarily defending. So like there's definitely an opportunity for for Nikki to win. But the, the interesting thing about the matches in ADCC, 
the first half of the match, there's no points scored. And you saw a much more free um, Nicky Ryan attacking and throwing, you know, all sorts of offensive things because he didn't have to worry about points or the strategy behind the attacks. And at, at like with five seconds to go before they switch the timer for points, he lays down. Right, he lays down so not to get because he was going to end up in Meow's guard. He was afraid of getting swept, and that was brilliant. Um, and anyways, so so they keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then ends up to a point where they're both standing, right, and on their feet. As far as the takedown game goes, Nikki Ryan has the advantage, and Meow very aware sits down and everybody thought that Meow lost the match there because if you sit down in ADCC it's a it's a two-point loss like you give up two points so he gave up two points with like a minute and a half to go and then the motherfucker like managed to sweep and take like Nikki Ryan's back I think and score enough to win like it's a brilliant match because not only the technical side like the grappling side is very good but also the the rule playing and the strategy in the match is very good too yeah, from both okay. from both both people. All right, well that's a that's a good one for him to to look up and I'll check that one out as well. All right, we're gonna do one more quick easy question here for you. Uh, what's <laughs> what's the rule on tying your belt in a certain direction? Should always tie it away from the head instructor of the school. You don't have to turn your back to them, but not face them. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason for that is because back in the day, if you instructors, there's a game where they'd always try to untie your belt. And so you'd always turn the way <laughs> so they couldn't no. untie your belt. That, that's they'd always it. steal belts. <laughs> it was, in early Brazil, belts were a currency. And so instructors always tried to take people's. I don't, I don't know that that was true. Mm. Yeah, no, I think, I think that comes from, comes from uh, other martial arts as well. I think it's a, a more of a tradition thing, legacy thing that carries over. Um, I don't know if this is the the hundred percent fact, but I, I believe that it was a sign of disrespect to tie your belt facing the instructor. It was seen as a form of challenge, and that you should you know clean yourself and fix yourself away from them versus mm-hmm. facing them. Now, what if you have there are two instructors and they're on a, different sides of the room? Right, you don't have to turn your back to them. You just don't have to face them. Okay, so you just you, all right. What if you have four instructors and they're on each? <laughs> they're on the different walls. Well, then you pick whoever is the lowest ranked. Okay, what if your instructor just had himself cloned, and there are four versions of there? There's him, and then his three clones around you. Then you excuse yourself to the locker room, and you change there. <laughs> now, what's the rule on urinating around your instructor? Do you do you do it towards? I heard <laughs> I heard you do it towards them as a sign of respect. No, I don't think that's a thing. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Then whenever we've been out like at like public restrooms, and you walk in, and I and I turn towards you. Oh, is, is that what that was? Yeah. yeah. Is that what that was? Okay, I thought you were just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a sign of respect. Oh, okay. I, I, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've I've acted towards you a different way then. Yeah, you were really mean <laughs> when I did that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's gonna be it for this episode. Um, it was a pleasure, and we will see you again next week. And we'll look just as overgrown and shabby as we did. Well, it, no, even more so than we do right now. Yeah, yeah, my hair is getting like crazy long. I know. Before, when <laughs> it all ends, before we all 
shave and cut our hair. We need to just have a party. Take a picture. No, have a party and everyone <laughs> like style your style your hair in the most outrageous way as possible because you have more of it right now to work with than you ever did. Oh yeah, I mean it's like yeah, it's crazy. I have bangs. I no. can't even see the blue streaks that you put in a couple months ago. I know, I know they're hidden. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>